Holy Spirit, just, just come and Lord, you know the kids are in this place here and pray that you just speak to all of us, just share something that will touch everyone's heart. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've got a testimony from uh, one of our powerful, anointed, full-time Church Unlimited Marketplace ministers, and this is what happens. So a few weeks ago, he said, my workmate was telling me he had a sore back, non-Christian, so I prayed for him and God healed him instantly. So the following week, he took me to pray for his wife's shoulder and elbow. This guy's a Sikh. I prayed for her and God healed her straight away. Three days later, they asked me to pray for their daughter's mother-in-law. I prayed and she was healed. This week, a truck driver came into work, was telling my workmate who got healed about his sore back. He told him his testimony and sent him to me for prayer. I prayed for him and God healed him instantly. That's about five marketplace healing miracles. You know, we've been saying that we're all powerful, full-time, anointed ministers of the gospel. And you know what? Some people are starting to believe it. You know, some are still leaving it to me and Julian and a few others, but there's some are starting to believe and say, yeah, no, I've got the anointing. I've got the power. And, you know, the thing is out in the marketplace where the needs are. So we've been sharing for a while that, you know, God spoke to me a while ago four times that he's a God of miracles. And we are starting to hear more and more miracles in Church Unlimited, especially out in the marketplace. I think one of the tragedies of today's Christianity is that we have accepted a Christianity with very limited miracles and supernatural power. It was never meant to be that way. This book has got miracles all the way through it, and miracles are the norm. It's almost like we've given territory to the enemy, and we need to take that territory back because miracles is our domain. The supernatural is our, our calling and our ministry. And so we need to take back what the enemy has stolen. So I want to share with you today just some keys, I believe, to seeing miracles. And uh, what I want you to listen for is which one applies to you, all right? Which one of these keys is about four. I don't know how many we're going to get through in the time of God. But see which ones apply to you. The first key is this. Psalm 78 verse 41 says, Yes, and again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. We need to take all limits off God. I think you would be surprised at how much we limit what we think God can do. We put a lot of things in the too hard basket, too difficult basket, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, we say, yeah, well, you know, that can happen in, in Africa, yeah, and you know, I know it happened in India, but look, it just doesn't happen here, and I don't expect it to happen. We need to break the shackles off our minds and remove all limits off God and say, no, God, you can do absolutely anything. I want to encourage you to not have, well, this is a, a minor miracle I need, and this is a major miracle I need. When God looks down, there's no small miracles and big miracles. He created the universe. He threw the galaxies into place. Every miracle is an easy miracle for God. And we've got to get that into our heads. Take the limits off God. Take the restrictions off Him. I heard this story, because Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith shall it be unto you. I heard the story of this boy that had no fingers on one hand, literally five stubs. Can you imagine that? It wouldn't look very nice. And uh, so we went to a healing meeting, and to me, the first miracle was that they actually prayed for him. Because if there was a healing line here, and then I saw someone at one end with no fingers, and I was walking that way, I'd just pretend I didn't see him, and I'd go in the other direction. Because what? I'll put a limit on God. 
I'm saying, no, God, you're probably not going to do that. But hey, this sore back, you're probably going to heal that. We've got to get rid of these. I lose something. No. We've got to get rid of these limits. Anyway, that, that boy was prayed for, and he turned and he walked away. As he walked away, they heard a pop. And then another pop. Then another pop. And another pop. And another pop. And the crowd went berserk and crazy as five brand new fingers popped out and the young boy had a perfect hand. What an amazing, amazing miracle. And, uh, you know, we, we put, but we put limits on God. We think, wow, that's amazing, but we're never going to see that. We need to see this kind of stuff because God is able to do it. There is no limit in what God can do. And we've got to kind of remove some of these things out of the too hard basket. Just think for a moment about that miracle. Think about there's plenty of mothers in this place, all right? So, you know, a mother, she gets pregnant, and then this baby grows inside of her. Can someone explain to me how do bones start growing from nothing? I mean, how does that happen? Then there's this person inside them, and this has always amazed me, and, you know, they're larger than life. And then suddenly the baby's out, and you've got, instead of one person, you've got two people. And I've always thought, that, what an incredible miracle. And when those babies come out, you know, in most cases, you know, they have eyes and ears and feet and fingers, ten fingers. How many of you reckon a, a brand new baby like that is a miracle? If God can do all of that, the whole head to toe, millions of parts, billions of parts, then five fingers? Easy. Easy. Take the limits off God and see what he'll start to do. You, you know, you've heard story. Someone said that that boy, he may have been encouraged to go and buy a pair of gloves, keep them in his cupboard, waiting for the day the miracle was going to come. You hear a story, don't you? They all gather to pray for rain. Heard these stories numbers of times. Only one person takes an umbrella and the rest of them get wet because no one actually thought it would happen. I've actually heard of young ladies going out and buying a wedding dress in faith. There's a suggestion for some of you. Hey? <laughs> eh? <laughs> and some of you guys, if you know exactly what she's going to look like, you go out and buy the wedding dress in faith. So. And hope she turns up and she fits it, all right? <laughs> if she doesn't, you better not tell her, all right? Okay, take the limits off God. That's the first one. The second miracle, second key, I believe, to miracles is, you're not going to like this, but I'm going to say it anyway, is prayer and fasting. And tell you that because Mark 9, 29 says, so he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. That tells me some miracles require prayer and fasting. And maybe your miracle does. I don't know. But it's a possibility. There is a, a dimension in God that's released through prayer and fasting. It moves you from the natural to the supernatural realm. That's what prayer and fasting does. This church, Church in London, is built on prayer and fasting. That's why we see God doing so much around the country and around the globe and the conference and all the rest of it. Because prayer and fasting releases the power of God to work. And I want to say, if you would add prayer and fasting to your weekly disciplines, it will change your life forever. You'll start to see God do things that just astound you. I mean, I've been doing this for the last 30 odd years. And you know, on a week by week basis, I just see these amazing things happen. God just does 
And, and part of it is because of prayer and fasting. It just releases God to work in amazing ways. And so I want to encourage you, and if you need a miracle, don't wait for Church Unlimited to call for three days of prayer and fasting, or a day of prayer and fasting. You need the miracle, you call your own prayer and fasting. Just think about it. I've done that so many times. And often, you know, my dad got saved through prayer and fasting. If I had not prayed and fasted, I don't know if he would have got saved. It required that for that miracle to take place. And sometimes that is the way it is. Listen to this testimony from Church Unlimited, not sure which campus. Uh, my husband was made redundant, redundant over a month ago, and they were really quite disturbed and stressed about this and not happened much before, and, and so uh, we asked for prayers from the church. Then they said, our life group, every meeting, prayed for a miracle for the right job to come soon. Can I just suggest, join a small group? Join a small group. Because what happens when you get us in a small group when your need arises, there's already a group of people around you who love you. And you know what? what? In love, faith works by love. And love releases miracles. So when you've got a need, and there's four or five people or ten people around you who love you already, when they pray, they have more faith in their prayers because faith works by love. And the next thing you know, God has done something. So that's just a there's a preaching in this whole testimony itself. So in that life group, they prayed. Every time they met, they prayed for this miracle. And uh, then, then she said, I also did prayer and fasting, for I know this is very powerful. So a small group plus prayer and fasting. Sunday was an hour of power. And it was my first time attending, only because we missed a morning service, uh, we miss, and we can't miss a Sunday service at all. So her philosophy is, I've got to be in church at least once on a Sunday. So she missed Sunday, must have had something else to mean on, so they came at night. I think there's another teaching right there that we won't go into, but it's a good one. Anyway, it was at that night was an hour of power, and she found out in the morning I'd preached on miracles and faith. She said, I knew it wasn't a coincidence. Now, watch this. Watch, watch how people operate in our hour of power services that Sunday night. This is really, I think it's quite funny. She said, when Pastor Tart began declaring, I, will, I received my miracle this week, I just copied him. And I said, over and over again, I received my miracle this week. And uh, then she said... Um, and then when he came down off the stage and he shouted, uh, unbelief, go, she said he shouted so loud it gave me a huge fright. You don't stand at the front at our power services, by the way. You're probably best bit, bit away. But she said, um, she said uh, when, when she heard it, um, that I de declared unbelief, she said, I immediately uh, asked God to forgive me for all my unbelief. Then she said, Monday, my husband got a call for an interview. For Wednesday morning, before the end of the day, he had the job. That quick. Small group. Prayer and fasting. Church every Sunday. Ask God to forgive of all unbelief. Before you know it, she's got a miracle. He is the God of miracles, folks. He is the God. We just got to take those limits off him. And start to believe for more and more things to happen in our lives. Okay, I've got a couple more for you. Next one is swing again. Church Unlimited is a swinging church. It's a swinging church, baby. Let me explain what I mean by a swinging church. All right. You know, sometimes we don't give God a chance to answer a prayer because we actually don't pray it. Do you know that of all the prayers you have not prayed, 100% will not be answered? I thought that was a 
thrilling statistic for us to understand. In other words, if you don't pray, nothing happens. You see, I'm telling, I guarantee right now there are situations in your life, problems and breakthroughs you need, of the many you need, because on average, probably most people need about 50 breakthroughs. Mine's about 70, but I don't know. You might have 30. If you're alive, you need breakthroughs. Who needs a breakthrough? Give me a wave, by the way. Yeah. If, you're not, if you didn't raise your hand, you are dead. And you should go to heaven now because you've got heaven on earth. The rest of us, we need a lot of breakthroughs. But I guarantee there are some areas that you have not even prayed about. Because that's human nature. I'm guilty as well. That's why there's a scripture in James chapter 3 and 4 verse 2. It says, you do not have because you do not ask. Why is that verse in the Bible? Why did God put it there? Because he knew there would be things you just wouldn't pray about. You'd forget to pray about. You'd forget to ask God. So we need to ask God and to keep praying for him to do these miracles. So imagine a major league baseball player refusing to get into batter's box because he doesn't get a hit every time. You know, he swings and he misses. So he said, I'm not going to do that again. Imagine if he did that. Well, you know, that would just be crazy, wouldn't it? And we can be like that in prayer. We let a few strikeouts stop us swinging. We sort of kind of lose faith in our, in our praying. So my, my batting average, <laughs> my prayer batting average is like many of you. Every day I swing and I miss. Every day I pray prayers that don't get answered. I swing and I swing. I may swing a hundred times in a day and might, might get one hit. I swing and I miss all the time. But it's not going to stop me swinging. <laughs> I'm going to keep swinging. And if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down swinging. I'm going to keep swinging till the end of time, the end of days. Just keep swinging until God comes through or believe that God will come through and give us an answer. And you know, it, it, it's, a, it's such, <laughs> such an important principle because um, to keep praying when answers are not coming is a great act of faith. That is faith in itself. And persistent prayer gets the attention of heaven. God loves persistent prayer. He just loves it. He admires it. He's thrilled with it. Mark Batterson, who wrote a book, shares the story. He suffered from severe asthma since he was a child. He needs his inhaler every day and has ended up in hospital many times but never stopped praying. One day he, while he's preaching, he's preaching on, on um, God moving mountains and he challenges his congregation to pray their bravest prayer ever. That's a good thought, I eh? Pray your bravest prayer ever. That's what he did. And he defined, he defined a brave prayer as a prayer that is for something that's impossible. Even something that you've prayed over and over and over again and not seen an answer. As he's challenging his church to pray their bravest prayer, the Holy Spirit whispers in his ear and says, pray for your asthma. So, a prayer that he has swung for 40 years, he prays again. From that day to this day, he's never had to take an inhaler ever again as God healed him. 40 years he prayed. Why did he have to pray 40? I don't know. But he never stopped swinging. Some of you have prayed for a prayer for six months. I say, keep swinging. Others of you say, but yeah, but I've prayed 10 years. I say, swing again. You say, but no, my prayer's been 40 years. I say, swing again. There's some of you, judging by the look of you, you've prayed 70 years. <laughs> swing again. Swing again. 
swing again. Never, ever stop swinging, because we're a swinging church. Come on, say it with me. Swing again. Tell the person next to you, swing again. Come on, we're going to strike. Somewhere along the line, you're going to strike that devil, and you're going to have your miracle in Jesus' name. All right, my last point. Your kids doing all right? I noticed some of them walked out. Don't blame them. Mind you, I have adults walk out anyway, so it's no problem. Uh, When you serve God, listen carefully, you position yourself for a miracle. Proverbs 11.25, a generous soul will be made rich. He who waters will also be watered himself. When you pour into others, God pours back into you. The worst thing you can do with your life is sit at home on your lazy boy or in the garden and do nothing in serving God and others. But when you water others, see, it's a principle in God that cannot be broken. When you pour into others, God pours into you. When you give to others, God promises he'll give back to you much, much more. And God pouring into you is the greatest thing of all. I finish with this. A testimony that comes from our New Zealand and Beyond choir. I'm not sure which campus this one's from either. I should know, but anyway. And the person says, there's many steps in the grieving process when you've lost someone. And acceptance is one of those steps. Acceptance. So this lady says, I think it was with lady. I'm sure it was. It was. And she says, it's taken seven months to accept that Wayne has died. He's the first really close person in my life to pass away, and I'm struggling. But I felt an acceptance of it at New Zealand and beyond. I was on stage in the choir. She right up the top. I was on stage and in awe of how much I felt the love of Jesus in the stadium. You know, our conference, we're a champion for a number of things, but one of them is we're champion for loving one another. You know, faith works by love. And for someone to actually say there was just so much love in the stadium, that just that touched my heart. Because that's one of our visions is there just to be so much love. This is not a conference just about some great speakers. You know, it's also about great love because by love, by this shall all men know you are my disciples. So she anyway, she said she just feels this love. This woman who's grieving desperately feels this love in the auditorium. And then she says this I looked up. And there was a beam of light shining towards me where I was, and I felt this real warmth. I thought, they must have turned the lights on. How come no one else can see this light? I can feel this love. It's his love, God's love. Then I realized I need to accept Wayne is gone, and life will carry on, but Jesus is here. He's so good to me and my family. We persevere and we live life without Wayne. I really wanted to share with you because I felt so warm at New Zealand and beyond. It was so anointed Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I really want to thank Church Unlimited for the gift of helping me to accept, listen to this, helping me to accept there is pain, there is heartbreak, but at the same time, there is hope and there is Jesus. And Jesus is love. What an amazing 
Amazing story. We've heard great stories, testimonies come out of the conference of breakthroughs and healings and encounters. And you know, when you join with the passionate and broken heart of God for a lost world, I think it touches God's heart. But my point is this. When you serve here, wherever, New Zealand and beyond, when you go the extra mile in serving, you position yourself for a miracle. You position yourself for a breakthrough. He who waters others will be watered himself. He who pours into others, God will pour into him. It's time to see miracles at another level. There is a miracle waiting for you. Just waiting for you. One of the points I've shared is maybe what you need to put into practice. Take the limits off God. Your situation is not too hard. It's no harder than anything else for God. Maybe you need to add prayer and fasting. What's God speaking to you? Maybe you need to swing again. I think, man, I'm tired of swinging. Just keep swinging. Or finally, maybe you need to position yourself for a miracle by serving God or taking your serving to another level. Because I'd say the more you serve, the more you position yourself for a miracle. A day without a miracle is a boring day. I declare over Church Unlimited, no more boring days in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm done.